Hi, welcome to Sister Codes, a podcast hosted by Kaylee and Ashley. We're sisters who talk about their journey in tech. We're excited to share our experiences working in technology in two different countries and get real with what it's really like being a minority in one of the fastest growing industries in the world. Today, we're going to be talking about what our journey to learning how to code was. For those of you all joining us back here, thank you so much for your support. And for those who are just tuning in, welcome. We are so excited to share this episode of Sister Codes with you today. So Ashley and I each had slightly different paths to finding our passion for coding, and we wanted to kind of bring you in on what our journey was to finding tech, to finding our passion, and then what it's kind of been like since then and how we've gone from being a complete beginner to now being full-time software engineers in the finance industry. Both of us uh, started with a computer, a super old computer that our dad had, and we started by playing Frogger on that it was a commodore 64 (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) i think he gifted it to me for my 13th birthday that sounds Mm. roughly in the range and it was his original commodore 64 from back in the day it had floppy disks Mm -hmm. it had an old printer attached to it and of course there was a joystick that you could plug in so we could play like frogger or asteroids and just those really rudimentary games Mm -hmm. but it was so much fun Mm -hmm. um it was so that was fantastic and then we also got a laptop that we started to use for our schoolwork when I think we were in maybe fourth, fifth grade, roughly. But we only got like an hour of computer. It wasn't even an hour of computer time. It was like 30 minutes yeah. of computer time. And then you would go on Gmail and talk to your friends. Yeah. No. And I think what was even crazier is that we took uh, typing classes. Oh, yeah. In school. In school mm-hmm. at these like really old Apple desktops that mm-hmm. were ancient. They were huge. And they had the covering to cover your Yeah. They had like this cardboard keys. box that yeah. went over your hands yeah. so that you would learn how to type the quote unquote right way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when we were young, like computers were definitely a thing. Like when I was really little, we had my dad's old desktop computer and then he had a laptop when he was going through school. And I remember that was like a big deal. It was Mm -hmm. like an old IBM, it was a tank and it had one of those (laughs) red dots in the center that you could use as the mouse. Um, and then there was also a trackpad, but the trackpad didn't really work from what I remember. Um, so yeah, we kind of grew up in an era where tech was very early like, mm-hmm. smartphones weren't a thing until we were much older. No. We were actually just reminiscing about having um, an address book. Oh. <laughs> an address yeah. book. And you had to, like, go to school, get your friend's home phone number, write mm-hmm. it down, and then if you wanted to hang out with them and you didn't make plans while you were at school, you would call up their home phone number, ask mm-hmm. to put your friend on the phone, and then you would say, like, hey, let's meet at the mall today at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. outside of Target. Mm-hmm. And then you and just, you just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. You couldn't text someone if you were running late. Yeah, multiple times or be like, oh, are we still doing this? Because I feel like now when you have plans, you know. Or people cancel like, last minute because yeah. they know that you're always connected. Yeah. But you, people This wasn't do that a thing. Anymore, yeah. And then also, like, I still remember when mom, when, you know, you were like, oh, I want to go to so and so's friend's house. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, did you map quest it? Did you print out the directions? <laughs> Because there was no GPS. Uh-huh. You had physical maps. Mm-hmm. So or just any... directions. Like, people yeah. would tell you. Like, directions. turn right here and then... <laughs> turn right at the oak tree down Maple. I mean, yeah. That's my yeah. exaggeration. <laughs> but no, like, we kind of grew up in an era where technology was coming about. Mm-hmm. Like, I still remember when the first, like, first smartphones came around. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't get a smartphone until I was in high school. Well, we got track phones, yeah. like, in middle school, I would say. Yes. Yeah. And then a smartphone. Yeah, definitely. It was high probably school. high school. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like we definitely grew up in a house that was very tech focused. Like our dad is very into technology. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had a laptop, we had an access to a laptop, which was honestly a huge privilege um, mm-hmm. from such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, like, obviously technology was not the same as today for a lot of kids growing up where, like, they have an iPad and a phone and they have a smart TV yeah. and a voice assistant and all mm-hmm. these different things. So for us, like, we still very much remember what it's like to have VHS tapes or to not have a cell phone all the time or have, like, one cell phone for the whole family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, basically, I didn't find technology in terms of, like, the coding side of it until I was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a Tumblr account. Mm-hmm. And I think you did too. Yeah. So that's how I got into it was from Tumblr. <clears throat> I would just edit themes. I would go through the HTML and the CSS and the JavaScript and just make little tweaks. And I didn't realize that it was coding. I was just kind of having fun, you know, yeah. editing these themes. And that's kind of what brought me into my web design business today. Um, obviously, I don't edit Tumblr themes like that anymore. (laughs) I make websites, but yeah. Um, So that was my intro to tech. And after I started talking about wanting to be in computer science, Kaylee then also said that she wanted to be in computer science. But (laughs) here's the thing. Since I'm the younger child, everybody thinks that Kaylee, like I'm following in the footsteps of my sister, which is cute, but it's also not true. (laughs) Like I was the first one to get into CS. So funny enough, when I was growing up, I I super loved math. And, I mean, I liked money, but, I mean, who doesn't like money? So that's kind of, I don't know what to say. But I really liked math, and so I kind of got into this idea of working in finance. So I read a lot of books when I was younger about um, being a quant and, you know, like derivatives and how so much of the financial industry is just based on these really complex algorithms and equations. Mm -hmm. So I always had the idea that I was going to wind up in some kind of financial industry Mm -hmm. or financial services, which funny enough I did, but in a for a completely different reason than what I originally thought. Mm -hmm. Um, I really loved growing up math, loved it. That was like one of my favorite subjects. My second favorite subject or maybe tied for first was English. I loved writing, creative writing. That was my jam. I loved writing stories. I, we used to read obsessively. Oh yeah. And it was not nonfiction. It Mm -hmm. was exclusively high fantasy (laughs) sci-fi with a mix of historical and realistic fiction in there mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. But, like, I loved the idea that you could just, like, make up whatever you wanted and you put it on paper and all of a sudden there's this world that exists. Mm-hmm. And, like, the level of detail and just, like, you can create anything in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I always loved that and I never really knew that there was a way to make that into any kind of career because, obviously, there's a lot of wannabe writers out there. Um, and I just knew that that was going to be a very difficult path. So I didn't really think too much about that. And I went to school thinking I was going to specialize in math. But then when I got to high school, my senior year, I took an AP computer science class and my whole world changed because I realized computer science is like the perfect mix of like the creativity of my fiction writing that I loved Mm -hmm. with the logic of math. Because you have like these rules and you have a language that compiles a certain way and there's syntax. So there's, there's definitely a structure and a format you have to follow. But within that, you can use those tools to build anything you want, something that doesn't exist at all, you can come up with, it can be a figment of your imagination one day, and then through coding, it can re- it can exist in real life the next day. And I just thought that, it, it to me, coding seems like a superpower when I found it. Yeah, so, so Kaylee started a little bit earlier than I did because that was, 
high school that you started a formal, you know, CS education. Yeah. And I only started once I got to university. So I went into university. um, So I went to school overseas in Scotland and you have to declare your major before you go there. And so your degree is just set and you can change it, but it's, you know, it's a little bit more difficult and it's not like the States where you decide two years, it's two years in, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I went in and I didn't have any experience with Java or C, which are two of the languages that we started with. So it was very, difficult because there were a lot of kids in my classes who had been coding like java and c and things like that since they were i don't know 12 you know and it was very difficult because you feel like you're so far behind this learning curve i think you're right because when you go into college a lot of those introductory computer science classes they're not really meant for people with no background in computer science yeah agreed it's really crazy, but they do kind of assume this base level of knowledge. And I think that's what makes it so difficult for people who don't fit into that like nerd stereotype of having like built their own computers and knowing all about, um, wow, you can really hear that airplane. (laughs) It's going to be in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we'll just let, let it go by. I think it can be really difficult to convince people to enter the tech industry because it can be so unfriendly since it does assume that baseline level of knowledge. I remember when you go into like a computer science class, it's not just about whatever the topic is. It's also about like people are like, oh, you know, this RAM is so powerful or this process is yeah. so much better. Or, oh my like gosh, to show I just got a new graphics card for my, pro- you know, for my NVIDIA. It, it's just like, oh yeah. my gosh, which you know, now it's like, okay, I know what, I know what a CPU is. I know what a processor is. I know what a graphics card is. I know the importance of Ram and how that works on like an operating system level. Um, but it is true. Everyone's trying to like one up each other about how like techie they are. Yeah. Yeah. And like some of the first classes that I took, so I had like an introductory Java class and the very first class was talking a little bit about syntax. And then the very next one was like, immediately diving into like object-oriented programming Mm -hmm. and you know using code as an example and if you didn't study a ton which I realized very quickly I had to do so much external studying and research because if I didn't I would be so far behind yeah I remember so my first class was actually my AP computer science class which I took at high school Um, and I was really lucky my high school professor was the founder of like the AP computer science curriculum in America oh wow thinking that if I'm correct, I'm pretty sure she is. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a woman. So it was like her and her husband had like co-created this entire curriculum. And even at the time, I remember at the time thinking like, oh my gosh, she's the worst teacher ever because I was so confused and there were so (laughs) many things that I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I did not know what a bad professor looked like until I got to college. (laughs) Like she at least didn't really assume that we knew stuff. So when she like walked through, even though sometimes it wouldn't be the right pace or maybe she didn't explain it in the best way, it was still enough to the point that I could like figure out how to do my assignments. Mm -hmm. But I remember I got to college and I mean I had already taken a class so I went in at like kind of the next class so there's like an intro intro and then there's a second step Mm -hmm. um they're both intro but mine was called like foundations of java rather than just intro to computer science Mm -hmm. um and I remember at that class there were so many people there who had been coding for five years who had already had summer internships who knew exactly how everything worked and I was still trying to figure out how to download Eclipse because yes we were using Eclipse how to download Eclipse how to get that working Mm -hmm. like how to press the run button and the debug button and to like recognize the main class I mean there were so many things that like so much they don't teach you about even just using Mm -hmm. an IDE Mm -hmm. and that's just it's like it feels so much like 
you feel like you should know how to do these things and then you can't and you feel so stupid Mm -hmm. and you feel terrible about yourself. But the truth is that even now, sometimes I have problems with my IDE where I can't get it to run properly and then I'm like, this is so simple, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, there is so much that they don't teach you and I feel like that's one thing people who go into CS need to know is that you are going to have to do so much external research. Yes. There's just so, so many little tiny things that you need to learn um, to be able to get to the point where you can open terminal and run all these commands fine. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, even across different operating systems. So it was pretty funny because I was in a group project third year with a guy who was very smart. He was very smart, um, really good with computers, but he didn't have a Mac. And so he had always done Linux. And so when we were debugging together on my computer, he was like trying to do CD, you know, to get into a directory. And he was doing the Linux commands and he was like getting so frustrated because he couldn't do it. And I was like, oh yeah, here, like I'll do it. And then I, you know, I taught him some of the basic commands, but yeah, even just switching over to a different computer, if you have learned on Linux your whole time and then suddenly you get onto a Mac, it's going to be so difficult and you have to relearn all these commands that you already, you thought you knew. That's so true because when I started my full-time role, Mm -hmm. the full-time, my job at work is a Windows and the Windows, there's PowerShell and there's Command. And both of them are not even close to like a Linux shell Mm -hmm. or the Unix shell, which um, Mac OS is built off of. Mm -hmm. So even things like LS, which is for listing everything in a directory, Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's DIR. I know. I had to learn that on my internship yeah. too. It was Windows. And I was so confused. I was sitting there like Googling the different commands just yeah. so I could get into the terminal. Yeah. You feel stuff. like a, a complete beginner all over again, just mm-hmm. with like one change um, in your setup. Which I think is important because you do have to be really resilient in tech as well, because you're going to have to constantly be learning new things and adapting to situations. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think, um, so for me, I picked up computer science last year of my high school, and then I, I decided to major in it. And I spent three years at college doing computer science. And I ended up with a bachelor's of science in computer science, which in the U.S., bachelor's of science versus bachelor of arts. Typically, the bachelor of science track, it's very similar as in you have to take a certain number of computer science classes. And typically, all the foundational computer science classes will be the same between the two majors. Mm-hmm. The biggest difference being that a bachelor's of science also requires a lot of physics and math mm-hmm. because there are some concepts in computer science that are heavily dependent on um, a lot of like the, I guess probability is a really big one. There are some statistics concepts that you need to be really familiar with Um, and functional math where it's like probability, but it closely relates more to like regular expressions, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Um, That area of math, I remember I struggled with a lot. And then also physics. I had to take up to physics level two. Oh, interesting. Uh, for my bachelor's of science. Um, but I also think it's worth noting that, like, now there's a lot of people who take boot camps yeah. into tech. And we both have a traditional tech background in the sense that we went to college for computer science. We yes. majored in computer science and then we got a, a job in the industry doing mm-hmm. software engineering. Um, but even within computer science, it it takes a lot of resilience just to get through that degree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So much work. I think what's very difficult about computer science is that your professors will hand you an assignment and it'll be for me in in the UK it was like a one or a two page document mm-hmm. and it was very brief and they basically just did the barest outline of what you're supposed to do and then you just were meant to go off and do it yes and it's so difficult to start from scratch not have any you know code they don't even give you like skeleton code usually it's yeah. just go off and write this whole program yep to do all this work so 
yeah, there's so much, you, essentially each assignment that you're doing, you're creating like a whole new project, you know? Yeah. And the thing that I learned from that is in a way, those computer science degrees, it's like, yes, they're teaching you about OOP or they're teaching you about syntax and these, these kinds of things. But then more importantly, they're teaching you how to become a good problem solver because when you're in tech, like you mentioned before, you have to be very resilient. You have to be able to adapt very quickly to a new language, a new framework, a new operating system. When they give you these assignments and they say, go code this, and you're like, where do I even start? <laughs> yeah. It's all about taking a really big problem, breaking it down into smaller pieces where you say, okay, I can do this one thing. I'm just going to finish this one thing. That's all I'm going to focus on. And then I'm going to look at the whole picture again and figure yeah. out like how I can build up to get to that completed product. Yeah. Like that's really what they're teaching you in a mm-hmm. computer science class. And it's valuable. It's very it's valuable. very valuable. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of what makes the computer science curriculum so difficult is that there's no way to substitute that through like hands-on instruction. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I don't think that I could have learned that same those same skills of like just trying this and trying that and trying this and Googling until I get it right if I would like with closer in-person instruction or with more labs. Like, to a certain degree, a lot of computer science is, like, you putting in the time to learn what it's like to run into a wall, like a complete brick wall, Mm -hmm. and then take it apart piece (laughs) by piece, and then keep going. It's a good metaphor. (laughs) I just came up with that on the fly. Thank you. Um, Not scripted. (laughs) Not scripted at all. Um, And I think that it's really important to remember that, especially as a beginner, because you're going to feel like everyone's got this figured out and you're the only one who doesn't, but that's a complete lie. Mm -hmm. Nobody has it figured out, especially when they're just starting. And everyone gets those assignments where they feel like you're a beginner again. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but yeah, I think it's so important to, like Kaylee said, I would, I would just write it down all the different tasks that I'd have to do to reach the end goal yes. and then break it up into sections and just do little by little. But yeah, it's, it's so much work and, you know, debugging one small little part, you feel like there's a million things that you have to do to complete a project. Yeah. I think when I started as well, one of the things that I really struggled with is, um, with a computer science assignment, uh, there's n- you can't say this is 20 hours worth of work. Oh my gosh. You can spend 50 hours I on know. one piece mm-hmm. and only to realize that you missed looking at it from a specific angle and then the rest of it you fly through in two. Mm-hmm. Or you could, you know, there are definitely people that I knew who like blew through stuff at 10,000 miles a minute and then there's the average person or just everybody else <laughs> who, you know, you're going to struggle with it mm-hmm. or at least there's always going to be some part of the assignment I think that you'll struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's really, really important to keep that in mind when you're beginning because it takes a lot to convince yourself that you're doing okay mm-hmm. and that you should keep going. Mm-hmm. But if you start to feel like, oh my gosh, I am doing so terribly. I had that thought so many points throughout mm-hmm. my undergrad, de- you know, my undergrad degree. Um, and I also think on top of that, the people who do really, really well in school, like by grade numbers, are not always the people who do really well in industry or go on to build really successful careers. Mm-hmm. I think, especially with computer science, separating the idea of like a grade in a class with like your skills as an engineer is really important because I know some phenomenal engineers who are like, number one, terrible at coding interviews, and number two, maybe didn't do so well in school, mm-hmm. but they're fantastic engineers because the way they problem solve and they're so resilient and they just like, are determined to fix something or find mm-hmm. something regardless of what is thrown into their way. Yeah. Um, 
so like do not tie your self-worth yeah. to like your school performance necessarily Agreed. i really disliked my logic ones and software verification those types mm-hmm. of classes but i would say they're all important to learn right so make sure that you do learn the key concepts but i would focus on getting a great grade in the classes that you love so i loved my security class i had a human computer interaction one one on app development and i loved those classes so i put in so much work and effort and i still did well in the other ones that i disliked but i really put in the time you know to get good grades and completely understand the concepts for the classes that i really enjoyed it's about learning the content not necessarily about like getting every point Mm -hmm. another thing is that i have some beef with tech interviews because I feel like it's not indicative because everyone can Google in a normal setting. You know, you can look up if you don't know a certain function, but then when you're in the interview, obviously you can't use anything, you know, you're expected to do it all from scratch. I think, I mean, yeah, I think that kind of goes back to like the whole idea of any kind of standardized tests because they're not really asking you anything new. It's just about how well you can retain certain pieces of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we should do a whole episode specifically on tech interviews. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we should. Yeah. Um, One thing I want to talk about really quickly before um, we wrap up this episode is kind of our different perspectives as women in tech and how that impacted your career or I guess your journey through school as you were majoring in computer science. Like how do you how did that impact your experience in Scotland? Because I know we've talked about this a lot Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of differences between our experiences. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit in one of the previous episodes as well. But I would say that In Scotland in particular, at my school, there were very, very few women in my classes. For example, I would go into a hundred-person lecture and I counted and there were maybe eight women. I mean, maybe some people didn't show up to lectures, but still, like, eight women out of a hundred is ridiculous. I think their official number is somewhere in the, in, like, eight. 20% maybe 20% anyways um I found it really disheartening sometimes I would have a lot of bad experiences where uh male instructors during a tutorial or something like that would laugh at me for a question that I asked they would do the same to other people but yeah this is why I I founded this society at my school because I I wanted there to be this support system for women um, so that they didn't feel discouraged like I did because I even told my sister a couple times, I don't know if this is it. Like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I don't know if I can do this. And she told me that she knew it's it's my passion, you know, design and coding and all this is my passion. And so she told me to stick with it. So I think it's important, like, like we said, to build up a strong support system of women who will encourage you even when you have these bad experiences and yeah I I know a lot of people also dropped out like women I knew that Mm -hmm. were in the class with me they dropped out of it because they said this is too hard I feel like I don't know what's happening I'm like it's totally okay if they really genuinely don't like it right but I don't think that was the case and some even told me like their experiences impacted their decision so yeah but I made it. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) And yeah, and I hope that the society that I founded and I was president of for over a year, I hope that it goes on to help other women in the CS department at my school at St. Andrews. Um, And I hope that they don't feel the way that I did. Yeah, I think for me, when I 
first got to university and I was trying to kind of like figure out if this was the right space for me, it was incredibly disheartening to not only have no women in those classes, so just people that look like you, but also what I found difficult was there were very few women I could look up to. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, I mean, so it was a very small department and luckily I did find a couple of role models who were incredibly supportive. Like they were really the ones um, who pushed me to go after opportunities that I didn't think I was ready for or like I didn't think that I was good enough for Mm -hmm. and they're really the like if it wasn't for their encouragement I wouldn't have done a lot of the things that I did in university whether it was becoming like the president of my women in computer science um, club or founding a women in tech week which was supposed to bring awareness to our department of some of the experiences of women within our department and then how people could be allies and make it a more inclusive environment Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it is really difficult because I remember on you know my last class that I ever took, it was a very spec, you know, specialized class. It was on distributed systems. Mm. It was a class of roughly 50 people, and I was one of four women. And luckily, I convinced one of my really great friends to take it with me. Mm-hmm. But she and I constantly felt like we were total losers, that we knew nothing. But then we would go into these tests, or we would, like, prep for it with other people in the class. We were like, wait a second, we know this better, we know this better than them. Like, mm-hmm. how how come they're acting like they have got this all yeah. down? Mm-hmm. But in reality, like, they don't know the answers to, like, some of these questions because she and I spent hours and hours studying for the exam. Yeah. Um, and it just really goes to show that everybody who acts like they've got it all figured out or that they know everything, they do not. Yeah. Nobody does. I think tech has a problem with the ego problem yeah. of acting very macho and, like, know-it-all. But the reality is tech moves so fast it is impossible to know everything. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. You, people have specialties, and it's true, they can be very knowledgeable about, like, a specific thing, but I have yet to meet anybody who I've found to, like, genuinely be an expert on, like, mm-hmm. everything in tech because it's yeah, just you can't. too broad. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. do it. Um, and so, like, when you're going, when you're a beginner, when you're in college, um, especially as a woman, when you don't see people who you can relate to and who you can look up to and who can kind of like give you advice and sponsor you throughout your university career, like try and find those people. They might not necessarily be women, but if they're not women in your own community, then look for women outside of your your university mm-hmm. as people that you can use as mentors. And I think that there is now a lot more chances to do that because you can meet people through like Grace Hopper. There's a lot of hackathons where you get paired with like mentors and you can just meet people who are a little bit more senior than you. Yeah. Um, I think finding a mentor is super important, especially if your school happens to be one where diversity isn't great. So just finding somebody that you can relate to who can give you advice and give you the encouragement that you need to when you feel like you can't do it. Mm -hmm. I think for all beginners in tech, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not trying to sell it as being something easy because it's not. It's definitely not, yeah. And I also want to talk about a little bit, my school is a little bit different in the fact that I did a senior honors thesis project. So it's kind of like doing a master's is Mm -hmm. the equivalent here in the U.S., but I had two women supervisors, and I reached out to them with an idea that I had, and they were kind of like my mentors throughout the whole year, and it was so great to have, you know, these women who really believed in my idea, they believed in me and my project and all this stuff, and yeah, they just supported me along the way, you know, any problems that I had, they were there to help, and yeah, I think it's, like I said, the women in tech community on Instagram is so great and encouraging and yeah if you like Kaylee said if you can't find it in your university you should find it elsewhere yeah look for those people who you can reach out to and who can kind of give you advice and help you steer your way through through school 
Um, and I know you talked about this, Ashley, but uh, for me, I only had one female professor during my three years in college. And that's for computer science. That's mm-hmm. not just general, but like specifically for computer science. I only had one female professor. Yeah. So, and I think in our department, there were two female professors. She was one of two. Wow. And so for us, uh, it was, or for me, it's not like I could really find a female professor to be a mentor. So I really leaned a lot on other students who are more senior than me. I found a lot of people through my women in computer science club. That was really helpful. Um, and then I also tapped into, you know, just people that I met through hackathons and through other events, uh, that I got introduced to. Um, it, it was really, it was really helpful for me to have those people. So just remember, it's good to reach out to people outside of just your, your local university network. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, we hope that if you are trying to get a career in tech or if you're just starting off that you will, you know, take some lessons out of this podcast. We just wanted to share some of our personal journeys into technology and some of the things that we found challenging that we think it's really important to keep in mind as you go through a career. Um, We know that these things aren't always talked about, but we know that it's really challenging to build a career in tech. And we're hoping that by talking a little bit more about these issues, we can hopefully incite some positive change in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thank you all so much for watching. (laughs) Are we on YouTube? (laughs) Thank you so much for watching. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Sister Codes. We'll be back next week with a new episode. And if you have any topic suggestions or comments in general, you can always find us over on Instagram at Sister Codes. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening.